All right. Should be interesting. Because I've lost my notes. Okay. Yeah. Be all right. Be all right. That's right. Seven years. Seven years, and I've yet to lose my notes. And today, today's the day. Aren't you lucky? Man, I, I want to pray, and uh, I, I just I want to thank you. You guys, you guys honored me so much last week uh, with pastor appreciation. I can't thank you enough. Uh, thank you. Lord, we, we pray that you will be with us. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place to speak to us, to minister to us, Lord. You are so good. God, I pray that you'll forgive us our sins, hear our prayers, help us to uh, bring glory to you in what we do, and it's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Okay, well, all the scripture will be on the screen. So, all of you and me will be doing this today, and uh, if you're online, thank you for joining us. Uh, let, let me tell you how this sermon came about for a, ooh, the last 14 weeks, maybe. I really haven't had to wonder what I was going to, to preach about for the next week, because we were just really following a text along. We went through the last week of Jesus and then into the book of Acts, so uh, Luke wrote the book of Luke, and also the book of Acts. Uh, so if, if, you're in, if you're not familiar with that, that's okay. If you didn't know that, you're in the right place. Nobody expected you to walk in here knowing everything, okay? Uh, so, uh, in fact, we, we assume that you're human and that you're broken like the rest of us. And uh, so typically that assumption is right on the money. But... Uh, the Bible is in two sections. There's the Old Testament and New Testament. The Old Testament is the story of God creating the world, choosing a people and promising that through those people a Messiah would come. And the New Testament is when that Messiah comes. The first four books of the New Testament are uh, eyewitness or firsthand survey accounts of the life of that Messiah who we know as Jesus. Okay, You may hear it, Yeshua. We call him Jesus because Yeshua went from uh, Hebrew, Yeshua, to, uh, to Greek, to Latin, to English. And by the time it got to English, it's Jesus, okay? Uh, so uh, Luke is the story of Jesus, and then Acts is after Jesus has uh, died, he has resurrected, and then he has gone back and sent the Holy Spirit to us. And so we've been walking through that. So uh, I, I thought, I don't know really what I'm going to do. This, is, this was really the end, and, and I read a text. I try not to preach out of my daily reading, you know, like that's just for me. And uh, I, have a, I have a guy who, who mentors me. I mean, we all need that, right? And so there's a guy that I meet with, and he's a mentor of mine, and he called, uh, or he, he texted me, say, hey, I'm just checking on you. And I said, well, I'm just sitting down trying to figure out, you know, I'm just, I'm just sitting down working on a sermon. And I didn't tell him that I don't know what I'm going to preach this week or any of those things. And uh, so he texts me that. I begin to read in my daily reading, and I thought, wow, this is really good. I need to bring this to the church. And he, and he just messaged me. Like, this never happens. My mentor messages me and said, you should preach on this. And, uh, and gave me the, the, I was in the Old Testament, he gave me the parallel New Testament scripture, and I was like, all right, sold American. 
Uh, so that's, that's what we're going to do. It's just, it's just neat because I had prayed, as, as I often pray, God confirm for me that we're in the right place in the Scriptures. We're always going to talk about Scripture, but confirm for me. I'm just telling you that story because, man, God cares about the details. He cares about the little things. He cares about you. And, uh, man, it's, just, it's incredible to know that we have a Father who loves us and takes care of us, and He is going to put the right word today for you. You did, you did your job. And, and I'm, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I, I know some of you were even contemplating whether or not to come this morning. And you came, and I honor you for that. And I believe the Holy Spirit will as well and speak to you. So I want to read to you a passage out of Matthew. This is Matthew chapter, <laughs> Matthew chapter 12, I think verse 29. Is that what I had on the screen? Just throw up the first scripture there and we'll all be surprised. Nope, Matthew 24, 42. Okay, okay, that can't be right. It's got to be right. Therefore, be alert. Where am I? This is the same thing. I'm trying to look it up on my phone. Okay, Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, like I said. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Okay? And anytime you hear therefore, you have to look to see what it's there for. I'm bringing you into a snippet of a passage. I want you to go home and really read this. Uh, I, I, I'm definitely giving you this as, as an assignment today. And apparently Matthew chapter 12 as well. <laughs> I remember the scripture, so I just Googled it and it said Matthew chapter 12. So I jumped up here blind. Okay, keep going. But know this, if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. When the Father went away, he sent us the Holy Spirit, but he said that he was coming back. He also told us that we have an enemy who is roaming the earth like a roaring lion seeking who he will devour. And he's giving us a, a, a snippet in this. I don't think to shame us is the right word, but it almost, almost something that's so ludicrous it would never happen. If a strong man knows that his home is going to be broken into, wouldn't he protect his home? It would be uh, preposterous to think that he would not protect his home and that instead, <laughs> and that instead he would abandon his home to be robbed. And so everyone hearing this story is like, who would do that? Who would do that? And I think we're all guilty of doing that. And not just our home, right? But our families, our children, our own soul. If I know that there is someone coming to rob me, coming to take from me, coming to harm my children, coming to steal my soul 
away from my Lord, if I know that someone is coming to do that, would I just abandon my home? No, I would just hide in another room on my phone. Right? No, I would just, I would tie myself into something else. I would, yeah, that's what we do. Spiritually, this is what we do. He says, who would do this? Who would, who would abandon and let a strong man come in to take their home? You know that the Lord is coming back. He said that he is coming back. And, and the question remains, where will he find you when he comes back? What will he find us doing when he comes back? It's outlandish. It's outlandish. It says that, that, that there's a strong man. There's an insinuation here that it's someone perfectly capable of protecting their own home, their property, their family. They just won't. Church, everything that he told us has come true and is coming true. We have so much prophecy from the Scripture that was fulfilled in the Messiah. We have so much prophecy from the Scripture that was fulfilled just outside of the Messiah. Like the Medo-Persian Empire, the Roman Empire, uh, Alexander the Great. I mean, all of these things are said, this is going to happen, and it's happened, just like he said it was going to happen. And now he says, and I am coming back. We know that he is coming back. We know a few of the things that are coming back. Oh, no, here it goes, conspiracy theory. He's going to talk about Israel. Let me talk for a second about Israel. I, I, don't pretend, I don't pretend to be an expert uh, uh, about what is going on, and I'm not about to tell you that the world is going to end. So um, if, if you're recording this, awesome, but don't, don't do it for that. But the Lord tells us that this world is coming to a close. This is a training ground to raise up his people and bring them to him. And he said, here's some things that you're going to look for. There will be uh, wars and rumors of wars, right? Uh, he said, he said don't, don't worry about those things. But when nation rises against nation, right, when all of these things happen, and that happened, and we saw that in World War I, we saw that in World War II, we saw this in other conflicts that become uh, global. He said that there would be pandemics. <laughs> He's, you know, and he said all of these things, and he said these are like labor pains, and the thing about labor pains, we've, we've spoken about this many times in here, is when a woman goes in to give birth, contractions get harder and closer together. And we are seeing that in our world. And within just the last 10 days, we saw Israel just be attacked and, and, uh, and, and, and many civilians just, uh, it was just a complete horrible, horrible scenario. And now... Israel is at war. And you say, well, pastor, is this part of this? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's happening. Everything that he said was going to happen is happening. We don't know exactly what it will look like. But why did he tell us before any of these things happened that it was going to happen? To validate for you that his story is true and that the story that he will come back is true. 
And we are supposed to look at these things and ask ourselves, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? When he says, I'm coming back, where will he find me? Because obviously he's coming back. If, there's a, if, if there is an enemy who is seeking to devour me and to devour my family, what am I doing? What are my priorities? And, and I just get distracted. I get so distracted. One day the trumpet will blow and the Father will come home to get us. We will see Jesus. Many of you will get to be reunited with loved ones and all of those things. things. So it will be great. Stay the course because I know that you are going through hard times here. And I understand that. But when we lose sight of Jesus coming home to get his bride our priorities get a little whacked out. I want to show you something, and many of you have seen this today. I am certain that I am abusing wherever my notes would have me right now, but we're just going to go for it, okay? So some of you have seen this before. Oh, no. Stuck. Rock is stuck. Hey, hey. See, everything works out. All right. Uh, some of you have seen this uh, before. It's an old analogy, but I have this jar that represents your life and your time in the day, right? Uh, J.D., could you hand me that cup on the floor right there? Uh, so we have in our life kitty litter, <laughs> I don't know. I tried to make that like representative of something. I just needed something. That's what I came up with. But we have in our life things that we would say are a priority, right? And, and, and many of you, and some of you are here, and you, you're like, I don't even know why I'm here. They said coffee and donuts, and I came. I don't even believe in Jesus. Okay. I want you to know we love you. Truly. I want you to know we love you. And if you don't agree with me, you can still be my friend. But I will never stop praying that you will agree with me. But hopefully we would say our big priorities are God and family, right? This is, this is, this is my big thing. These are, these are the things that, that I'm supposed to do. And then we have other pesky things that are necessary, like a job, you know, just silly things like that. We like to eat and have a home. But we, we say, okay, these are our priorities, but then you just have a thousand other things, right, that really fill our time. And so what happens is I, I know I'll get to these because they're my priority. This is what you do with a priority. You prioritize them. But I begin to fill my jar. Now, this jar is going to represent time, okay? I begin to fill my time, and then by the end of the day, I haven't made any time for my God or my family. And <laughs> so I'll try again tomorrow. But the problem is, I'll just keep doing this from day to day to day. Now, interestingly enough, 
And many of you have seen this analogy before. I want to give a small spin on it. I can hear the vacuum hitting those already. Here we go. If I will put in my priorities first, you will find that you may not be able to fit in everything, but I can still fit in other things as long as I get the priorities. Right? Let me throw a spin on this. This, this is a disaster. This is, this is an absolute mess. Sorry in advance. Okay, here's the problem. Now, I have, and I think this is symbolic, our Lego game is bougie, okay? I don't know if you can see that up there, but this is, this is a boat. And uh, this represents things just like the kitty litter that take up my time that aren't necessarily a priority until I feed it. And then it sucks up all of my time. And, <laughs> and I have this thing that I never intended to put in front of God, that I never intended to put in front of my family, that has sucked away all of my time, that begins to consume my life, right? And, and Jesus is like, I'm coming back. Well, that's awesome, but I have no room for that in my life. I have no space for that. It's my priority, <laughs> but it's nowhere in my life. And I think at any given moment, I think at any given moment, any of us in here would say, here are my top two priorities. Here are my top three priorities. But if we really look at it, we go, I, they're, they're, not, they're not in my jar today. They weren't in my jar yesterday. They weren't in my jar the day before that. And there was a phone. There was a tablet. There was a, a silly thing. Those things aren't evil. Those things aren't stupid. There are times, I did this this week. Uh, I, I, I needed like some downtime. I didn't want to watch TV. Y'all ever go through that? It's like, man, everything I try to watch is trash. I just, I, I just can't. So I downloaded some stupid game where I'm playing with like words on my phone. Okay, so I download this game. Is that evil? No. I left it on my phone for uh, two days, and guess what happened for two days? I was into it. I mean, that's like all I did. And it just became this stupid thing. And then the multiple nights, I didn't put my kids to bed. I was late getting to bed, totally sleep-depriving myself, which doesn't allow me to do whatever I'm supposed to do well, because of this thing that was just taking up so much of my life. And, dude, as a grown man, not doing the things I'm supposed to do because I'm playing a game on my phone is a whole new level of pathetic. Right? But we all do it. So I delete the app. And that's the way I, that's the way I carry my phone is, you know... If, if I want to do something like that, hey, if you spend two hours playing a game or two hours watching a movie, what's the difference, right? I mean, it's not an evil thing, but I have to delete it or it becomes this thing. And, and that's a really innocent example that I can give at church. But we have other things. We have other things that are just sucking the relationship 
with our Savior totally out of our lives. And we define ourselves by this priority, yet we've never made it a priority. Does this make sense? If you said, tell me something about you, man, I'm God and family. <laughs> What'd you focus on this week? A Lego boat. A thing. Evil, not evil. An addiction, something completely benign. Doesn't matter. This is all the time that I have. This, this is all that I have. I was put here to do a job. But I fill it with all the wrong things. This is, this is something that I read in, in Zechariah. Now, before we go there, um, as I'm studying through Zechariah, basically, Zechariah was a prophet in the Old Testament. Now, at the point of Zechariah's life, the, the Israelites have been... Um, stolen away from their homeland, right? They totally abandoned God, and God was like, all right, let's see how this works for you. <laughs> and then, um, and, and then they, are, they are captured, they're taken away, but then eventually they cry out to God, and he allows them to come home. And so at this time when they're coming home, there is a prophet named Zechariah. And the people come up to Zechariah, and they say, Zechariah, on the fifth and seventh month, ever, ever since we were stolen from our homeland, on this terrible day that we were taken away and exiled into uh, a, a different place, we have fasted and deprived ourselves on the fifth and the seventh month. Should we do it again this year? And God gives Zechariah a word to speak to the people, which I will turn my back to you and read now. Then the word of the Lord of armies came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priest, when you fasted and lamented in the fifth and in the seven months for these uh, 70 years, did you really fast for me? Now, they were doing a good thing. They were, they, they were, doing, they were doing a good thing. Uh, fasting and lamenting. They were memorializing in some sense the time when they were stolen away uh, from their homeland. When you eat and drink, don't you eat and drink simply for yourselves? It became a holiday. It became a tradition. Aren't these the words that the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and secure? along with its surrounding cities, and when the southern region in the Judean foothills were inhabited. Here's, here's basically what he's saying. I'm going to read a few more verses, but here's what he's saying. He's like, hey, listen, when you do these things, are you actually doing them for me at all? And God already knows the answer. He said, no, these just become traditions. These just become custom. This just becomes part of your culture. You're making a whole new celebration out of these things, right? I, you're, you're, you're not actually prioritizing me. You're not really doing them uh, for me. And then, and then here's what he's saying in the last couple of verses. He's like, listen, your parents, or not their parents, I mean, they'd been longer than that, but your grandparents and great-grandparents who were stolen away from their homes, here's what I told them, all right? And that's where we're coming. The word of the Lord came to Zechariah. The Lord of armies says this, make fair decisions, show faithful love and compassion to one another. 
Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the resident alien or the poor, and do not plot evil in your hearts against one another. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder. They closed their ears so they could not hear. They made their hearts like a rock so as not to obey the law or the words that the Lord of armies has sent by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. Therefore, intense anger came from the Lord of armies. So here's what happens. Zechariah, speak to God and, and tell us, do we do this again? Are we supposed to... Uh, fast? Are we supposed to uh, deprive ourselves? And he says, let me ask you, when you do those things, why are you actually doing them? He said, you guys remind me so much of your great-grandparents, and they were doing all the customs and all the festivals and all the traditions, but you know what I asked them to do? Treat people fairly, right? Take care of widows and orphans. Be nice people, (laughs) And they wouldn't do it. So no, it means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. If if you do all of all of these things and you have the canister and you take the canister to the right place and you have the right culture and you do all these things, but you never do the priorities. The festivals, the customs, all the things, they're this stuff. And and we can We can fill our day, we can fill our lives with things that aren't inherently bad, may even be something that God told you to do. But by the time you're done with it, you have no room for God. As a pastor, I can get so tied up in ministry that I forget about Jesus. As a Christian, you can get so tied up in anything, be it good or bad, that and did you spend time with Jesus yesterday? We all have to ask ourselves that. <laughs> well, I didn't do anything bad. God didn't put you on this earth to be not bad. He's called us to something. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. He is our priority. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we don't put in those two priorities, it's all in vain. And they said, do we sacrifice? Do we do these things? And he says, man, why are you doing them in the first place? One last scripture. Go to Mark with me. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world and lose his life? Let me ask you two questions. When you get where you're going, where will you be? When you get what you want, what will you have? Hopefully the answers are heaven and Jesus. And we say that's our priority, but if we don't actually put it in the jar, if we don't actually put Jesus in our lives, it's not a priority. It's a stumbling block.
God has incredible things for you to do. You're going to go out and change people's eternities. You are going to be used. And it's going to start by making a priority of Jesus. Where do you want your kids to be when that trumpet blows? Okay, we've got to put that in the jar. Where do you want to be when that trumpet blows? Okay, where do you want your family to be? Your, what, man, just keep going. Just keep going. But then think about the things that still are time. They don't have to be bad. Sometimes maybe I should have had a bigger jar and actually put one of these random things in there. You have time for that. This is, this is kids' sports. This is my, my gaming console. This is, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's just a thing. But when I do so many of these that I no longer can love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and strength and love my neighbor as myself, then this thing has got to go. And the problem is, I like this thing. Not only do I like it, I've spent a lot of money on it. (laughs) I've got a lot of time invested in it. I don't think you will look down from heaven and wish you would have spent more time with your thing whatever it is we've got to prioritize we've got to prioritize I'm asking you this week I'm asking you church this week we, we say this you want to get closer to Jesus four things pray read your Bible go to church be the church Pray, read your Bible, go to church, be the church. Can you? Some of those, it's like, how do I, how do I, well, you, you're going to church already. You're nailing it this week, okay? Well done. Some of you are online and you're like, does it count? I think you're good. It's hard well, how do I be the church? How do I, how, what's the metric for that? I, I don't know, but let's start, let's, let's start somewhere. <laughs> Can you read your Bible for five minutes and pray for 90 seconds? Like, Pastor, that's, I'm serious. Can you put an alarm on your phone? Can you read your Bible for five minutes and pray for 90 seconds? Well, can I read longer than that? Of course. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not the superintendent. I'm your cheerleader, okay? And I, I have those numbers for a reason. I have those numbers for a reason. It's hard to make 90 seconds of prayer without actually talking to God. If you struggle with that, let me give you some advice. Pray out loud. Your mind will drift. When I do that, when I just can't keep focused, I pray on God. Because when you start talking out loud and you're like, God, I just really need you today. There's a bird, God. Look at that bird. Wow. I mean, if you're saying it out loud, it's like, that sounds crazy. (laughs) It will help you stay on track. Revolutionary. Five minutes reading your Bible. You can do that. You can cut that out. If you guys will download uh, the Bible app on your phone, do you know it will read to you? Well, I only drive, I'm only 15 minutes from work. Dude, 15 minutes to get to work and to get home, that's 30 minutes. How about that? 
plus 15 minutes to pick up the kids and back, that's another 30 minutes. That's an hour. How about that? Sweet. I'll find a preacher on YouTube. No, no. No, no, no. And that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. But I think the Lord wants to speak to you directly. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hands. We're not going to do schoolboy on this. I'm asking you to commit to that this week. Five minutes a day in your Bible, 90 seconds in prayer. I'm asking for six and a half minutes a day total. This is how we get our priorities back. This is how we keep our minds set on Jesus. So I have a friend who is there. Mind set on Jesus, and many of you are inspiring him. Brad, I want you to go ahead and come up. Uh, Brad says, man, every time somebody comes up and is baptized, I'm, J.D., will you hand me that microphone? It just, it's, it, there, there's a fire, right? You knew. I've got to do this. And so we've had a conversation, and uh, Brad is going to get baptized, although you've never sinned or made any mistakes. Is that right? Not a one. Not a one. <laughs> so you guys hear that profession, and so uh, he'll be taking confessions later. Listen, uh, Brad said, man, I, 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 I've got to do this. I've got, I've got to go up and, and be baptized. And so we had a good visit, and God's really working on your heart. Did, hadn't even been on the I Believe in God train your whole life. Is that right? No, I've been uh, agnostic for a long period of time, and it's just been within the last few years that I've really gotten to know the love and peace of Christ. Yeah, yeah, how about that, huh? So, so we, we, had a, we had a long conversation. I've had this conversation uh, with, with many of you, and if you want to get baptized and I start drilling you with questions, you just know everybody goes through the same questions. Uh, but I want to get baptized because I believe in God. Well, I'm not going to baptize Satan, and he believes in God. He's met him. It is accepting Jesus as Lord, as boss. And so, uh, Brad, I want to just ask you in front of your church family, do you accept his lordship over your life? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Well, you guys hear that. And so uh, I'm going to take this out for you. Why don't you go ahead and get in here. If you'll just sit here and face your back to the wall and sit down. Okay. Well, it's on your profession of faith that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in death, raised to walk in newness of life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Royce? Royce is up, you guys. Worship team, why don't y'all go ahead and come up, and y'all can, y'all can be in the background here. I'm going to hand this over. Marcus? Church? This is my friend Marcus Young. Two weeks ago, he and I prayed... And he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. You have accepted him, right? Yes. And asked me then, could he be baptized? He has made the choice to completely do a 180 on his life, and he is here today because he wants to do that. Marcus, if you'll stand and... 
Marcus, it's my honor to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hold your nose. Buried with him in death. Raised to walk in the newness of life yeah. with Jesus Christ. All right. Well done, Marcus. We're proud of you, man. Proud of you. Hey, listen. Five minutes. Five minutes in your word. 90 seconds in prayer. That's what I'm asking for this week. Let Jesus be a priority in your life. And I know that you will be blessed. You will be blessed by that. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. I didn't say that. Paul said, I've learned in all things to be content. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's going to give you the strength. And listen, you're not a great reader. Holy Spirit's a great tutor. Holy Spirit's a great tutor. So I'm excited for your week. I want to hear reports. I really do. Please, please come and tell me. Uh, but the worship team is going to pre- uh, play now. And so I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to stand and worship with us. Baskets are going to come up. That's the appropriate place to put in uh, tithe and offering. Uh, but also fill out that connection card. Let us know what you're going through, what you're walking through. We want to pray with you as you do that. And we have people who pray over uh, those uh, connection cards. Um, last thing, uh, there's a prayer team that is here today. And uh, they got buttons on. You saw when Royce was up here, it says, ask me. Uh, they got buttons on. They'll be in the front today. And they want to pray with you. This is not a, a gossip chain. This is not someone looking to condemn you. It's looking for someone to love you and hear you and pray for you. And so uh, when, service is, uh, when service is over, or even now during, uh, during this last song, we invite you to come and, and just allow us to pray with you. So please uh, remain standing and worship with us.